This week on Art in the Air, we feature the revitalized Hobart Art Theater with Shane Evans. Next, local band Nomad Planets with Mark Mybeck and John Carpenter, who is also owner of Thunderclap Recording Studio. Our spotlight is on the Indiana Ballet Theater with artistic director Gloria Tui and the upcoming production of Sleeping Beauty plus progress on the Classical Arts Center. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Larry and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art. Welcome. You're listening to Art on the Air on WVLP 103.1 FM and Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM, our weekly program covering arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. I'm Larry Breckner of New Perspectives Photography, right alongside here with Esther Golden of The Nest in Michigan City. Aloha, everyone. We're your hosts for Art on the Air. Art on the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant through South Shore Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Art on the Air streams live at WVLP.org and is rebroadcast on Monday at 5 p.m., plus is also heard on Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM, every Sunday at 7 p.m., also streaming live at lakeshorepublicradio.org and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Radio. Information about Art in the Air is available at our website, breck.com slash AOTA. That's breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com slash AOTA. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air, WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews. And we'd like to welcome back to Art in the Air Spotlight, someone who's been with us several times before from the Indiana Ballet Theater. She's our founder and has many, many things to talk about. And coming up in the spring here, Gloria Tui, welcome back to Art in the Air Spotlight. Aloha, Gloria. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. <laughs> so you have some busy things coming up uh, in April here and uh, uh, actually it's all the way through spring into summer. So uh, tell us yeah. a little bit about some of those, Gloria. Okay, we have um, April 29th, the last weekend in April. It's actually Friday, Saturday. We're at IUM with Sleeping Beauty. So, in fact, uh, our first uh, school field trip is sold out. And, but we have one at 12 o'clock. Then we have general performance at 7. And then on the 30th, we'll be at 1 and 5 p.m. for general uh, admission. So... New theater at the Arts and Science Building on the second floor in Broadway. So I'm a little bit familiar with that building. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we have people coming in from South Carolina and Chicago, as well as our wonderful company and kids that auditioned in from the public. So wonderful show. How many do you have in the cast? Oh, we have about 90. Oh, wow. So are yeah. the costumes done in-house or do you bring them in? Um, no, from in house we have uh, we have nine ballets <laughs> of costumes, so <laughs> everything's everything's in house. Yeah. Now so. you have something new at uh, Chicago Street Theater in Valparaiso coming up. Yes. We do. We have Kaleidoscope on May the twenty seventh and twenty eighth, 
And this is an amazing show this year because we have faculty from different universities. We have uh, Columbia College and um, Valparaiso University. And then we have some guests coming in from uh, Linwood University in Missouri and some alumni coming back. So it'll be a wonderful, wonderful show. And it's going to be more contemporary ballet type things with that? Yes. Yes, this is mostly contemporary and modern performing. So very magical. And I think there's everybody leaves breathless. They really enjoy it. So at least Amanda, uh, you know, who's the um, artistic director for that show, feels that's what happens. So does Amanda do this? Just is it Amanda's vision for the set design for that as well? Yes, yes. Amanda's the main main person in that. Um, but like I say, we have uh, Selena Ellish from Valparaiso University. It's also part of uh, getting involved this year. So um, it'll be a wonderful show. So summer comes around, and you know kids are out of school, but you have something for them that they can do. We do, as well as regular summer classes. We also have kids camp. And it's themed like Encanto. So uh, the kids will have a wonderful time in June. And uh, all three studio locations will have this workshop. And so they need to go to our website to see more about it. Otherwise, go ahead and tell us the website address. Yeah, website address is ibtnw.org. What is the age range for Kids Camp? Oh, we start at age five and through about age nine. So oh, lovely. And they'll have an ice cream social and a performance at the end. So they have a wonderful time. And so, you said you had kids, also other kids' classes going on through the summer. Yeah, yeah. So July the 5th through August the 2nd, we'll have classes for every every kind of genre you can think of, including Irish dancing. So um that the kids always have a wonderful time, well, through adults. You know, we also, the company dances all summer long. So many of them are going away to very prestigious uh, workshops this year. Excellent. And we'll jump ahead for a little bit uh, in December. You're going to bring back Nutcracker, and we'll talk about that probably at a later date, but that's uh, your plan? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in, uh, last year, IUN actually invited us to perform it there, and so I'm sure we'll be back there again this year so so can can you tell us about um, what's happening with the classical arts center these days yes this renovation of uh the historic sanitarium nurses home will actually be completed within less than a year now we'll be uh going into there and it will feature uh 80 seat theater uh museum about the nurses that uh lived in there and um, a tea room, uh, wonderful sculptures, and it will be home for Indiana Ballet Theater as well as uh, visual performing culinary arts. Uh, and I think the South Shore Arts is, going, is hoping to locate a little bit in there as well. And Peter Townsend with his heritage collection. So, and Jackie Primus is going to do the culinary arts. So. We're looking forward to this being a destination as well as a cultural center. And so you will have with the South Shore Arts a visual arts component to uh, uh, like yeah. exhibits and everything there. So Visual, performing, and culinary. Yeah. Lovely. It sounds wonderful. And uh, you think your completion is what, about next year? 
Uh, well, we're going to shoot for like May or June of next year. So uh, right around this time next year. And people still can contribute to the project because it's uh, contributions are, this is like funded mostly like from contributions. Is that correct? All, all places. Yes. Anyone. They can, you can put your name in a window so or a message for a loved one that you don't still have around with you. Um, you know, many ways you could contribute. And it, amazingly enough, we had uh, people from Michigan uh, uh, donate an amazing amount of money. So, uh, And that's because they saw uh, this historic landmark in a magazine. It was just wonderful. Well, we appreciate you coming on Art in the Air Spotlight. That's Gloria Tui from the Indiana Ballet Theater. Sleeping Beauty in uh, April, Kaleidoscope at, uh, in May, and Kids Camp and things, and, of course, uh, Nutcracker way back in December. Thank you so much for coming on Art on the Air Spotlight. Thank you. Thank you, Gloria. You're welcome. This is Pledge Week for your public radio station. And Art on the Air encourages our loyal listeners to support this station by making a monthly sustaining pledge so we may continue to bring you this great program. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. And we'd like to welcome to Art on the Air. The new Hobart Arts Theater has been actually there since 1940. It's an entertainment venue and has seen a revitalization under the new ownership in 2019. It takes great pride in bringing musical acts to the region, a whole bunch of different ones we'll talk about. It's a little 400-seat theater there. It's got a private green room seating, VIP seating, and actually has a full bar with beer and spirits and a great sound and lighting system. And the now owner, entrepreneur, and proprietor of the whole place is Shane Evans. Welcome to Art on the Air. Thank you, Larry. I, I, I'm glad to be here. I know we've been trying to make this happen for a little while now, so it's nice to finally meet you both uh, in person, as we'll call it right now. Um, but but glad to be here and, and glad to talk about this uh, this great venue that we have here in, in downtown Hobart. Well, Shane, we really want to know a little bit about you and uh, kind of your background and, like I always like to say, how you got from where you were to where you are now. So tell us all about that. Um, well, I, I'll, I'll keep it hopefully here short and sweet. You know, I, I kind of I grew up here in Hobart. Um, you know, I was born, um, born and raised in Hobart, pretty much lived here almost all my life at this point, which is 44 uh, great years. But, um, you know, I went to Hobart High School. Um, you know, I grew up in a very musically driven family. Um, music was always a big part of our home, what we did. Um, and, and as I became a teen, you know, I started going to concerts and, and seeing bands and I obviously developed then a real passion and love for music. And um, played in bands throughout play, my oh, teen years, twenties. So yep. So you do yep. play in bands? You did play in bands? I, I did. Um, what was I, your not instrument? So much anymore. Um, I'm, I'm a drummer. Um, played the drums. So um, I, I don't do it anymore. You know, this is the first time in my life with with this venue that I don't have that itch inside of me anymore to go out and play. <laughs> It's called you know exhaustion. I mean? <laughs> That's part of it. Um, and, you know, I get so much of it here now. You know what I mean? There's every weekend. I mean, during the there's there's constantly bands. So I'm, I'm always around it. So it kind of uh, feeds that need for me in music to be in this room. Yeah, you know, so, um, so, yeah, yeah. Music's always been part of what I do. Um, me personally, uh, prior to ownership of the building, um, I, uh, of course, you know, did, did some college time. And then after that, uh, I worked for Lowe's Home Improvement for uh, almost 20 years as a store manager and uh, got to a point in my career. You know, I, I turned 40 
And I don't know if that's the, the, the make or break age for people, but I, it, I decided I needed to do something for me. I wanted to work for me. I wanted to follow my passion in life. And, you know, life is short and, you know, you bleed for a corporation and, and that's exactly what it is. So um, I, I hung it up. I, re, you know, retired essentially after 20 years and took all my, my money I had saved and, and put it into this venue. And um, here we are now, you know, um, pandemic, of course, slowed us down a bit, but um, we're doing great, you know, and, and things are going really well. So we're, we're very happy to be relevant still. So when you were growing up in Hobart, did you pass by the theater and sort of dream about it at all? Or was this a big um, surprise? Like, how did that whole like pass by the theater? Oh, my gosh, I'm going to I'm going to own this. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's a great question. Um, yeah. I mean, I came here as a kid to see movies. You know what I mean? Um, my, my first date as a, as a younger boy was here <laughs> with a girl in a movie, you know, so. Um, yeah, I mean, th this theater has been a part of this, obviously, community, like Larry said, since 1940, you know, so um, there's been a lot of history here and I spent a lot of time here. And um, I had a friend approach me, hey, you know, she's like, hey, th this the theater is for sale. I think you'd be great to buy it and turn it into a music venue. It wasn't even my idea. Um, and I'm like, I kind of scoffed at it. And then um, I really thought about it. I had some long conversations with my family. And I just decided to pull the trigger. And within two weeks, I had made the decision, left my job and bought the theater. So uh -huh. um, so how much have you kept historical and how much I mean, what is the renovation entailed? Um, yeah, most of the renovation, uh, you know, I mean, we have a lot of plans still. Don't get me wrong. You know, you're kind of dealing with facilities from the 40s is tough. Um, but we had to come in and do a lot of the work um, that was that you don't see. You know, the electrical system was insane. Um, so that that was first and foremost was updating power um, and then getting production here, whether it be sound, lights, all those particulars getting done. And, and that, that was the bulk of the initial res uh, renovations. Um, did some work in our green room downstairs, which used to be an actual old coal furnace down there. So a, a lot of work when you're de dealing with a building of this age. Um, but we're now uh, getting ready to plan some of the more aesthetic upgrades that we're, that we're planning now. So there's, there's more to come. You know, on the technical issue, luckily with LED lighting, you no longer have to put quite the uh, heavy uh, lighting circuits. I assume you have LED lighting if you're going from scratch, but you don't have quite the uh, same thing. So you put a whole new lighting rig in, sound system? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you can't see too much of it behind me here, but I wanted to get some perception of it. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, th that was... Uh, I mean, you know, we, we've all been to concerts, you know, we all remember those takeaways from from shows where it sounded great. It looked phenomenal. You know what I mean? That's important. So it, it was it was important for us to come in here and create that with a small town atmosphere. So, you know, we, we didn't spare any expense when it came to sound and lights. Um, that's what this is all about. So, um, yeah, first and foremost was electrical upgrades, sound and lighting. Um, and, and that that was that was a huge undertaking and expense on, on its own. So what type so of after, after 17 years at Lowe's, were they generous? <laughs> um, you know, it, it's one of the it's like any company, you know, the harder you work, the, the more you get out of it, you know, so I kind of met I, with I, the renovation. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm talking about like renovation stuff. I mean, oh, did you... um, no, no, no. <laughs> 
No, I mean, we, we kind of uh, had to go different routes. You know, we had to get with some larger, you know, production companies based out of, you know, Chicago, you know, that, that do this kind of stuff, you know, for a living daily. Um, so they came in here and advised us on what we had to do on power and circuitry, things of that nature. And, and we just we just went for it, you know. Um, and, and, you know, once we got our stride really going, that's when, you know, the pandemic hit and we kind of had to rethink things. But um, but ultimately, uh, yeah, it was it was partnering with some some people that I had known in the business for many years that really helped us out and get going to that to that initial launch point. So tell us about some of the acts that you have. And I mean, you, you, you have almost something at least one or two a week. But and then how do you tr- uh, when you first got the venue up and running, how you first attracted them there and then, you know, some of the ongoing acts that you have. Um, you know, you know, I've been uh, saying this from from day one. You know, it's it's about who you surround yourself with in this business. You know what I mean? And I work really hard to surround myself with great people. Um, I, you know, we have some in-house talent buyers that work for me directly, and then I have a couple uh, groups that I work with. Um, you know, one kind of focuses on rock bands, one focuses on country bands, one focuses on comedy acts. You know what I mean? So. Without putting too many hands in the pot, um, you know, we have a few great people that we work with that that we work hand in hand with essentially to to bring in those acts and go after these bigger national talents. And and once you have some in, you know, that that really love the room, you know, they love the sound, they love hospitality and how they were treated. You know, they then go back to their um their uh, management companies and say, hey, this this room was great. The service was great. The sound and lights were great. Well, then they in turn start pushing other bands into the room, too, you know. So, um, you know, we work really hard to ensure all of our acts are taken care of on a high level and that their management companies know that, too, you know. So um, it's not just me. It's a great group of people. And uh, and we continue to develop and nurture those relationships just as we go. So, Shane, when did you start up again with having acts and and how did you with the pandemic how did you segue into opening up the house you know it it was tricky you know there there's no playbook for any of this you know what i mean and i'm sure you guys felt it on on your end with certain things as well of course you know obviously we're doing the zoom meetings now you know what i mean so um things are different um but you know we were you know one, one thing with this business is you know we are not essential you know, that, that, that's the battle you fight. You know, you, you have to go get groceries. You know, you have to do certain things. You don't have to go see live entertainment. So, you know, we were the first industry to shut down and the last to fully open. You know, so we, we really had a long stretcher that we had to deal with. But, you know, we, we fought with um, and against, rather, the, the, the uh, um, county and state guidelines. We worked with them to ensure we were following their restrictions and, you know, capacity and masks and sanitation, you know, and whatever they would allow us to do, we would do, you know, and we had to petition them at certain times and tell them our safety plans for events and they would have to approve it or or not honor it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it was a long road. You know, I mean, it was a good, you know, 18 months at this point of really figuring out what's going to work, what what people are going to come out to see. You know, because there's certain demographics of people over others that, hey, I'm going to stay home now for a while or, you know what, I'm ready to go out to shows. So we kind of had to figure that out a little bit without overspending uh, on paying for certain acts to where we could still be profitable. You know? I know so, that was sort of my that's going to be sort of my next query is so with a 360 seated house, 
that those first shows, what were you required? I mean, how many seats could you fill um, safely? Yeah, I mean, they they kind of started at um, I want to say it was like 25 percent capacity, mm-hmm. you know, so for our, our overall capacity here is 525. Um, so we kind of started doing some small events, you know, with about 100 to 150 people and they were doing really, really great. You know, so it's like, wow, we want, can we, can we, you know, we want this to lift more, you know, and as things lifted and went from, you know, from 25% to 50% and so on, you know, we, 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 we push those boundaries, but again, it's still, what do we do to keep our guests feeling comfortable and feeling safe? You know, we're, we're a pretty big space, you know, um, we would block off aisles, block off sections, sell every other row of seats, space them out, you know, set tables in certain areas. Um, it kind of gives me anxiety still just talking about it, you know, <laughs> just everything that we had to do in order to, to bring people into the room. But, you know, this is what we do. We're committed to that. We were going to find ways to make it happen no matter what. Now, you have another source of revenue is that you have actually a full service bar there that's associated with that. Now, is that part of your operation or is that a separate thing that's just associated with you? Um, yeah, we, uh, my business partner and I, we own, we own both sides of the business. So, of course, we have the art theater. Um, uh, next door to us, uh, it's called the Brick House Bar and Grill. Um, it, it, it originally was a storage unit for the theater. Um, their, their management used it as kind of like an office area, a storage area, just a throw-it-all area. And um, some previous ownership to us, you know, eventually came in, cleared that area out, um, you know, put in some, you know, ventilation, plumbing, and things like that for a kitchen-type setup. And um, we've since just kind of taken it to the next level, um, enhanced those options, enhanced our menu. And, I mean, it works great, you know, especially on show nights when you have so many people coming in town. You know, they're, they're always eager to give us a try, come next door. And, you know, another perk of it, too, is it helps with our hospitality with our bands. Right. You know, uh, bands that are traveling, that, that they're coming off the road to eat, drink, whatever. You know, we have a full kitchen right here that, that really helps with that, you know. So um, it, it definitely brings, you know, a couple different benefits to us. Yes, you don't so your to... partner is, is Blake Gillespie, is that? Yeah, yeah. Blake and I have been friends for, for, for many, many years. I actually met him uh, when I was at Lowe's. He was a customer redoing his home and uh, in Munster. And we became really close friends um developed a great working relationship together through through Lowe's and through what he was doing and you know had talked about for years about a project that we thought we would do on our own at some some point and this came out I talked to him about it he was all about it um he was at a point in his career where he was officially retiring after 25 years um he was in the uh the paper business uh distributing paper to you know phone book companies things of that nature and we know how that business is now you know (laughs) everything's gone digital you know so the pay so he was kind of pushed into a forced retirement after 25 years and and we jumped on this and and he and he's kind of he's kind of the foodie guy you know um he owns and operates a, a, a filipino grocery store in highland as well so he he really enjoys the food aspect of it uh the hospitality of it, you know, new menu items, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, as to where I kind of like to just eat it, you know what I mean? I, I'm good. <laughs> well, that's I'll, a good I'll, partnership. Yeah. 
So uh, we want to talk about some of the acts that are coming in that have been there. And then since this will air like uh, in April, uh, early April, tell us about what we can come up seeing there in, in April. But tell us about some of the things you have. I know you were talking about them generically, like comedians and things like that. And the yeah. other part of that question is, can people like rent your space for events? So let's talk about all those. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, coming up in April here, I mean, you know, we, we try to we, we pack our schedule. You know, we, we just don't try to just do weekends. You know what I mean? If you just stick the weekends, you're kind of missing the boat on some of these bands that travel and come through our area during the weekdays. So um, uh, just kind of looking at it real quick through April, uh, we have Alex Williams, who is uh, kind of like a, a country pop rock type guy coming through beginning of April. John Karabi, um, who used to be a Motley Crue. He replaced Vince Neal for a time in Motley Crue. John Karabi's coming through on a show. Um, we have uh, a very uh, big metal band. They're called Wednesday 13. Um, that show is selling very well for us. Um, and that's a weekday. You know, that's a Wednesday night. So um, another good one uh, that, that people like, April 22nd, April 23rd, we have Cashmere, um, which uh, some friends of ours uh, locally, that's a Led Zeppelin tribute. And then April 23rd, we have a band called Night Moves, which is a Bob Seger tribute, which I, I love Bob Seger. Um, you know, then we get in towards the end of April. We have a band from probably early 2000s called the Cottonmouth Kings. They're a national act, uh, a bigger kind of rap rock type band. And then April 29th, we have um, Journey Recaptured, which is a tribute to Journey. So. I mean, you know, looking at that list, you can kind of see it kind of hits many, you know, demographics through the month of April. Such a variety yeah. you have there. I mean, you know, yeah. some uh, musical... fundraisers and all sorts of. Yeah. Yeah. We have a fundraiser coming up this next this weekend, obviously. But, you know, that that was a mission of mine was to keep this room eclectic. You know what I mean? To not just focus on, you know, rock bands or metal bands or whatever. You know, we do it all. You know, we have some great country shows coming up. Um, we have uh, the Whalers coming up next week, which is Bob Marley's band. Um, so there, there, there's just a broad range of things that we that we go after. If if I just book the room to what I like, we're probably not going to be that successful. You know? <laughs> so I have to think about you know what everybody likes and what people want to see in here, and that's kind of that's worked for us. You know, um, Shane, who do you collaborate on that? Do you like when um, when your rock and roll person or your country person says, hey, I want you to look at this? Is there then you listen and then do you listen with someone else or are you the last yeah. word? You know, um, ultimately, uh, I'm going to be the last word. Well, yeah, of course. But um, I, it's very rare that I veto something from not happening. You know, I mean, let's not be naive here. You know, there's acts out there, whether it's comedic acts or rock acts, that can trigger certain people to feel a certain way or, or their name of their band might not might be something offensive at times. You know what I mean? But I look past that. I look more at the art of it. You know what I mean? Um, what do they bring into the table? How, how talented are they? You know, but the, the, the people that we work with now, um, I've developed enough of a relationship with them um that i trust what they're bringing to the table you know what i mean they they're 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 in the business too uh, they all have a brand of their own that they want to see be successful so um the acts that they bring in and we collaborate on sorry i lost my screen there um you know i really trust them um they do a great job and things up to this point have been successful so you mentioned that you consulted with your family before you did this are they also involved in the business you know, you? <laughs> um, 
my wife and I have taken a stance kind of from the beginning that we really keep things separate. You know what I mean? Um, she has her career, she has her job. Um, and, and I don't get too involved in that. And, and the same here, you know what I mean? I'm, I'll, I'll admit it. I can be a type A personality and sometimes <laughs> might not be always fun to work for, you know? So we kind of keep our home life separate and our work life separate. You know what I mean? Now she's, she's helped out here a handful of times, whether it's, you know, working with our staff to serve some drinks or help clean up or, or whatever, you know, and my son, he's 14. So, um, I've had him selling merchandise for bands a couple times and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, they enjoy being here. Um, my wife enjoys more of coming and sitting with her friends and watching a show rather than having to work hand in hand with Shane sometimes. So um, <laughs> we, we, we've, we've made that work together so far. <laughs> is the uh, bar and grill open? Like what's his hours? Is it open outside of the theater hours? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's open six days a week. We open at 3 PM daily. Um, of course we'll expand hours coming up here in spring and summer a little bit, but every day we're open at least at 3 PM, um, for, for, for lunch, dinner service and, and everything in between people can come in there and buy tickets for shows. You know, people still like to buy that hard ticket, you know sure. what I mean? Yeah. So they can come can in there you, and purchase tickets as well. Can you tell them how to get in touch with you or, absolutely. or the, the theater? Yes, absolutely. So, of course, we're in that digital age now. So everything, you know, most things are online. So our website is BrickArtLive.com. Um, again, that's BrickArtLive.com. They can go there. They can see a full listing of shows, buy tickets for every show directly through there, see the full menu for the, for the bar and grill. And then there's also ways that they can connect with us through that website as well. Um, outside of that, of course, the Hobart Art Theater through Facebook, Instagram, things of that nature. You give that a quick search, um, it, it's going to pop up um, with a lot of, lot of cool stuff. Uh, real quick, since we can't, uh, this is radio and can't show the menu, tell us some of the things that you can uh, do on your grill menu real quick. Um, you know, we, we kind of do, I would call it more of a, of a gastropub type, you know, um, I mean, more of a, of a gourmet burger. Um, you know, we, we take pride in, in, you know, not freezing all of our food. Of course, some, you know, some deep fried items will be frozen, but, um, you know, g- gourmet burgers, you know, obviously this week, you know, we got a big corned beef, you know, sale going on. Um, but we got some seafood selections with some great shrimp, things of that nature, great sandwiches. And we're always kind of adding to it and trying new things as well. So definitely um, not your traditional pub fare. We're definitely an upscale type um, bar and grill for sure. And finding parking. Uh, I know you're like wedged right into the main street there and downtown. So where, where can people find parking to get to the theater? So th- there's about five or six uh, public lots all within a block or two of our business. Um, so we, we, we have a map on our website. Um, we usually put a map, uh, on, on the show page for our social media as well. So it's all free public parking. Um, and there's about four or five, uh, public lots all around our area. I mean, if you remember back in the day at Bricky Bowl, which is just a block away from us, there used to be 10,000 people at those football games. We're in the same neighborhood. If they can fit 10,000, I can fit 500. So, um, we, we generally don't have too many issues with that, but all free parking, all local within a block or two. Very good. Well, we have just about a moment here left. That was uh, Shane Evans. He's from the uh, uh, wonderful theater there, the Hobart Art Theater. Took it over in 2019. It's at 230 Main Street in Hobart. You can find him at Brick 
brickartlive.com. That's brickartlive.com. And also on Facebook. And you can find out all what's coming up in their uh, shows. Lots of great stuff. Comedy. Shane, thank you so much for being on Art on the Air. Thank My you, pleasure. Shane. Thank you. This is Pledge Week for your public radio station. And Art on the Air encourages our loyal listeners to support this station by making a monthly sustaining pledge so we may continue to bring you this great program. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM.
was Rise and Shine from our guest Nomad Planets. And we'd like to welcome to Art in the Air, uh, musicians and recording studio. They are part of the Nomad Planets. They've been uh, all over northwest Indiana. Uh, you can hear them uh, on Facebook. They have a connection. And also we're going to be talking about Thunderclap Recording Studio. They are the people that are involved in it. Please welcome Mark Mybeck and John Carpenter, uh, the recording studio. Thank you so much for coming to Art on the Air. Aloha. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. So first, we're going to start with you, Mark. Tell us a little about your background. I always like to say how you got from where you were to where you are now. And I know we talked just briefly off air a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Lab Schwann Recording Studio in the 70s recorded you when you were at Gavitt High School. So tell us about your whole origins with music. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's crazy. Like I said, how things come around. Um, had bands in, in school um, that really just kind of played at Gavit for a couple different things. And then at, back in those days, I didn't play guitar. I started learning guitar after I graduated from high school and then went to Indiana State and really didn't do a whole lot with music down there other than playing with a couple friends. And then um, graduated and kind of started writing terrible songs. Um, but you know, I started writing and uh, probably 10 years later is when um, I met Phil Rapchak, who is our bass player. And he and I worked at a print shop together and immediately hit it off. We started kind of bonding instantly over the types of music we liked. And uh, we both had insecurities about playing in front of people and, and doing original music. So we kind of uh, complimented each other in that regard. He and I started a band called Whistling Jupiters um, that lasted for, ooh, I don't know, six, seven years and, and played out, recorded. Started recording here at Thunderclap on the advice of a co-worker in 1991, I think. Um, back in the days when cassette tapes, cassette tapes, demo tapes were what you did. And um, when Whistling Jupiters kind of broke up, Phil and I started Nomad Planets. John came into the fold very organically because he had recorded everything we did. We started recording our first CD, and uh, that was in, I think, 2001, 1999. And we've been at it ever since. So, Mark, did you have you enjoyed astronomy since you were a child? I mean, everything seems to... <laughs> Whistling Jupiters and Nomad Planets? No, you know, Whistling Jupiters was, um, it's it's that firework that goes up in the air and makes that whistling sound. Uh. And it's always <laughs> like the name of that. And then for Nomad Planets, Phil and I literally were on the phone one night just trying to figure out a name. We're talking for about half an hour. We threw those words out and um, it stuck. But yes, since then, it, it, it makes a whole lot of sense to be out in space for many, many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so let's pass it on over to John and uh, tell us a little bit about your origin story, how you got from where you were to where you are now and everything and how that developed into Thunderclap Studio. Well, I, uh, I grew up in Hammond, Hammond, Indiana, of course. And uh, my parents had a, uh, I, I kind of grew up in a, a household that uh, was self-employed. Uh, my, my parents had a uh, a restaurant. Uh, it was a fast food chicken restaurant called, originally called Chicken Delight, and then uh, they they went independent, changing the name to Chicken Galore. And uh, so I was always around self-employed people. You know, that's how I grew up, and it just kind of, I, I guess, it just kind of rubbed up on me. And uh, through the years, uh, you know, I've worked for other people, but just never really enjoyed working for other people. And uh, just wanted to do my own thing. And 
So I, I took over the, the restaurant business for a little while when my parents were, were starting to get out of it. Ran that for a while and then ended up selling that. And that's when I started the, the studio. Uh, took a, a little bit of the, the proceeds from the sale and uh, was able to buy some uh, just beginning equipment. Uh, I, had a, I had a partner when I first started that supplied the space and uh, kind of started from there. Um, very uh, small and uh, worked with bands that were just starting out and just grew it from there. Uh, and with the, the help of my wife, uh, she she worked up in Chicago and she was a, a great support during that you know beginning stages of, of a business. Uh, anytime you start a business, it's, you know, they say it takes five to six years to, to get on your feet. And that's, that's exactly what, what it was. It was about six years, uh, before I, you know, really started making a little bit of a living from it and just kept reinve- reinvesting. I knew how important that was to, to keep upgrading your, your equipment and as well as your skills. And so now I've, I've been doing it for 32 years. Uh, I'm in my 32nd year of doing it. Worked with a lot of bands around the area over the years. I've worked with institutions, Purdue, Valpo, Razor University. Worked with Field Museum. Uh, did They had tapes from the Amazon that they, that they recorded during the 40s. And uh, just, it was the most unusual sounds that you've ever heard. Uh, and I, I was able, uh, they hired me to... Uh, transfer those tapes to digital media for them. Um, so that was a really interesting job. But, you know, the, the bulk of my, my uh, work from the studio uh, has been local bands, and uh, which I've really, really enjoyed. I, I love the creativity of, you know, artists and musicians, and, and there's a lot of really good musicians in, in Northwest Indiana. And then, uh, like Mark said, the, the way I got into Nomad Planets is that we had worked together for several years, and I, I recorded them as when they were whistling Jupiters, and always liked what Mark wrote. He, he's such a good. He's developed into such a good songwriter and and such great lyricist. And, and so I, you know, when like Mark said, it was very organic. You know, it just I just kind of folded myself into the band and. Uh, and we've been together ever since uh, as a band. It's been, you know, 20, 22 years or something like that. 25 years. I don't know. But So during this time, you know, this two years almost of this pause, how has the how has the band um, been rehearsing? Do you, Have you had small gigs recently? Uh, it was a tough time, uh, I must say, because uh, when, when everything shut down, uh, you know, Thunderclap shut down from having people come in and we we always rehearse here at thunderclap the, the band always rehearses here and i record all of our rehearsals that's where we sometimes come up with some of our uh, material but uh when the pandemic started uh we shut down and uh it, it was it was quite difficult you know we we didn't play for yeah it uh one show yeah yeah, go, go ahead. yeah we, we had one show in august of 20 wait 19 whatever year that was that it started 20 um and so we came in john was kind enough to have us come in and um rehearse for that and we had a bunch of stuff scheduled that got canceled obviously um but it was an outdoor gig in valpo at aberdeen and so we did a rehearsal two rehearsals and then we shut down and then we came back Man, maybe toward the end of that year or, or 
beginning of 21 it's hard to remember at this point but yeah just like all the other bands around here nothing was going on um, so how was your personal discipline though were you practicing or did you yeah i yeah i i have, uh, have a mind that writes all the time for better or for worse um and so yeah i i i took the opportunity to just keep writing um in fact i'm recording some st solo stuff at john's now some of those songs go back 10 years some of them are three months old um and and a lot of that is from that pandemic period where i just needed to keep my mind active and keep playing um so you know that's kind of what i did and we, and we certainly kept in communication you know we're, we've been friends for a very long time so it's not like we didn't see each other or talk to each other but it was rough john and i got together and played acoustic guitars a couple times in the driveway in the summer <laughs> um but nothing face to face because you know you didn't know what was going on you didn't time. know right i asked the lord to cover me in this land of opportunity she buried me out in the sticks it hit me like a ton of bricks so one down and a two down Brings us right around to a showdown I said, why must we repeat our fate? She said, give me room to operate Opportunity. It's a one down and a two down. Brings us right round to the showdown. Right, right. 
are listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. A quick question for John. Tell us a little bit about your studio. Uh, did you start out in the tape era and now obviously you're digital? And just a little bit about what, what you have in studio if someone's interested in coming to record a Thunderclap. Yeah, just uh, just pre-Thunderclap, before I started the business, I, I was working on a Fostex quarter-inch reel-to-reel deck. Uh, eight, eight tracks on quarter-inch. So as you, uh, it, it wasn't a, a great deck, but it, it was good enough to get ideas down and good enough to just begin the the process of learning uh, what what I could do with the, with this stuff, um, and from there, when, once I did start the, the business, I started with a 16 track uh, half inch machine, the Tascam half inch machine, and uh, a board. Uh, I, I just had two rooms uh, in a basement, and that's how I started, and then um, slow, slowly expanded into uh, the, the studio is in the basement of my house. Um, so I've sl- slowly expanded from those two rooms in the basement to taking over the whole basement. I, I pretty much <laughs> use the whole basement now for, for the studio. Um, and everything's been remodeled from the, t- from the first tape deck. Then I went to, uh, ADAC machines, which were horrors. <laughs> I, it was a, a, my first attempt at, uh, a digital media and, uh, and this, uh, the, the tapes they, they were always messing up and they this, the sound quality was not the greatest but it was it was okay uh, and then I went through all the different uh, various incarnations of the ADAP machine um, and then from there uh, I went to a Mackie hard drive machine and then from there I went to Pro Tools and I've been with Pro Tools ever since uh, and I, I think I, it was 2002 when I, I first went to Pro Tools. And then I've just been upgrading my equipment uh, as I've gone along. Excellent. Back to Mark real quick, and we're going to have to wrap up here in about a minute here. Tell us uh, what's on the uh, future agenda for Nomad Planet in terms of your upcoming dates in April, May, and so on and so forth real quick. Um, April 16th at Northwood Falls. They reopened out there. It's beautiful. Um, May 7th at 18th Street Brewery in Hammond. Um, June 26th at, I think, St. Thomas More Fest. So, and then beyond, uh, there are some things that are, that are not quite booked, but that we will hope to be doing outside fests that we normally do every year. Uh, we're recording again. I think we got six songs that are ready to pretty much mix and master for the most part. And then we got another six or seven originals that we're going to be working on recording one of them tonight so it's really really good to be working back in the studio and getting things together again and and uh, we for real no joke we love the four of us um love playing together chris grove who some of you might know has joined on uh playing keyboards with us for the past couple of years it's a really good working environment we just love making music together very good real quick websites uh how you how we can find out nomad planets and thunderclap uh, well, the best way for Nomad Planets is to just go out to the Facebook machine there or uh, Reverb Nation and search Nomad Planets. Our website, if you go to nomadplanets.com, you certainly can, but you're not going to find anything updated there. I lost interest in that a long time ago. <laughs> As I got older, it was like, oh, well, how do I do this again? And then John? Uh, same thing with me. Uh, uh, Facebook is the best way to uh, see what's going on with Thunderclap, uh, Thunderclap recording. 
at uh, at at Facebook and, and, and YouTube channel and yeah and the Thunderclap recording YouTube channel as well. Uh, the, I do post uh, new things, new new songs and new videos on on that channel. Well, we'd like to thank you both for coming on Art in the Air. That's John Carpenter and Mark Mybeck, uh, No Bend Finance, and also Thunderclap Recording Studio. Thank you so much for sharing your stories on Art on the Air. Thank you so yeah. much. For Have a great thanks. year. You too. Thanks a lot. And we continue listening to Nomad Planets with our guests John Carpenter and Mark Mybeck. This is their version Love Song.
been listening to Art in the Air, and we'd like to thank our guests this week on WVLP 103.1 FM and Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM, our weekly program covering arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. Art in the Air is heard every Friday at 11 a.m. and rebroadcast Monday at 5 p.m. on WVLP. Art in the Air streams live at WVLP.org and is rebroadcast on Monday at 5 p.m. Plus is also heard on Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM, every Sunday at 7 p.m. Also streaming live at LakeshorePublicRadio.org and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Radio. Thanks again to Greg Kovach, WVLP Station Manager, and Tom Maloney, Vice President of Radio Operations for Lakeshore Public Radio. Our theme music is by Billy Foster with a vocal by Renee Foster. Art in the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant and the National Endowment for the Arts. Underwriters for Art in the Air, Walt Breidinger of Paragon Investments, and Mary LeVan, Arts Patron. Art in the Air is always looking for financial support. We'd like to thank our current supporters. If you're looking to support Art in the Air, Esther and I especially would invite you to become an underwriter of this program in particular. We have information on our website at breck.com AOTA. You can find out support information there. So don't just be an Art on the Air listener. Become a supporter or underwriter in whatever amount you're able to do so so we continue to bring you this great content and this great local programming. And like I say every week, don't give till it hurts. Give till it feels good. And you'll feel so good about supporting Art on the Air. Information about Art on the Air is available at our website, breck.com AOTA. That's breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com AOTA. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air, WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews. If you're interested in being a guest or send us information about your arts, arts-related event, or exhibit, please email us at aota at breck.com. That's aota at breck, B-R-E-C-H, dot com, or contact us through our Facebook page. Your hosts were Larry Breckner and Esther Golden, and we invite you back next week for another episode of Art on the Air. Aloha, everyone. Have a splendid week. Express yourself through art. And show the world your heart. Express yourself through art. And show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Larry and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself through art. And show the world your heart. Express yourself to art and show the world.